hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Southern Podcast. This is episode number 609. And today, we're going to be talking all about the old way versus the new way of building an e-commerce business in 2019 and beyond. And I've invited on my good friend, Mr. Chris Schaefer. And we're going to talk about the e-com business formula and something new and exciting that we are in the process of doing ourselves right now. And maybe, just maybe, you might want to come along for the ride. So Chris, what's happening, my friend? Oh, just enjoying this rainy day. Rainy day? Yeah. It's all nice and cloudy, but at least it's not snowing. That is true. And it's not freezing rain. You know, it's like 55 degrees. So everybody here, of course, in South Central Texas is wearing their parkas and knit hats and caps. It's winter. You know, I'm kind of hearing like shorts, a t-shirt and a really like jacket. But, (laughs) you know, is what it is. At least it's not snowing. I can't complain too much about that. You know, we're full-fledged into Q4 here watching those sales go up day after day and absolutely loving that. Just trying to hold on for dear life and make sure we don't screw it up. That's really what we're trying to do this Q4. <laughs> yeah, well, Don't you know what? I wanted, you know, I, I wanted to jump on here and kind of go through, you know, the old way, you know, like how not even just ourselves, but a lot of people were, you know, getting excited about this whole e-commerce, you know, business and, and launch methods and, you know, how to launch on Amazon, which we're still a huge fan of, but with a big but here, times are changing. You know what I mean? Like there's things changing. And the crazy thing is, is like things that worked like five years ago are working right now as far as off of Amazon. And they have been like when people were building e-commerce businesses back in the day before everyone was doing it for just Amazon, it was working. And guess what? It still kind of works today, but we can throw a little bit of a, an extra channel in there now. And that's uh, Amazon. But uh, you know, three years ago, three and a half years ago, you know, you could pick a product, you could launch it pretty easily, get up and running, not as much competition. You didn't have to worry about building a big out, you know, a, a big full out brand or any of that stuff. But uh, that's changed quite a bit. And, you know, we've even seen it with people in our inner circle. It's like, you know, launch a product. And then as soon as competition starts coming in, just launch another product, just stay ahead that way. That's not the way to build a real uh, and, and a future-proof business in our opinion. So today, what I want to do, Chris, is I want to talk about the old way a little bit, but I want to talk more about the new way. And I want to talk about something that we are creating called Ecom Business Formula, which is going to take the place of private label classroom because we felt like we've learned a ton over the past three and a half years from ourselves and from other businesses that we've helped. But there is a formula and there's a formula for launching on Amazon, but more importantly, how to create a future-proof business that will have additional assets that will you know, be able to have different revenue streams, diversification, like all of that stuff. And uh, we want to talk about what those are here, but I also would love to invite you guys to come and join us. Now, if you're listening to this before December 20th, so if you're listening to this on the day it airs, it's the 19th, so it's you know pretty short notice. Uh, but you can join us in our beta, all right, our beta class. And that is going to be starting very, very soon. So if you are interested in learning more about that, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash training, and you can get all the details there. And again, we just settled on the name, literally, Ecom Business Formula is what we decided because it is 
the e-commerce business formula for success, in our opinion, for building a future-proof business um, for now and in, in the future, of course. So that is what I want to talk about here today, Chris. Uh, did you want to kick this baby off or what? Well, yeah, I wanted to to kind of throw this out there, Scott, and you just mentioned it. You know, a lot of people for the last three and a half years, four years, five years have been in this kind of flywheel, uh, not flywheel, hamster wheel. Flywheel is what we're going for. Hamster wheel is what we aren't, right? Ah, They've been yes. stuck in this hamster wheel of, I have to launch more products. I have to launch more products. I have to launch more products because competition is coming in and there's other people selling this widget and mm-hmm. they're not tied together. So I don't have a sustainable source of traffic outside of Amazon, or I'm completely dependent on the Amazon beast, right? All of those things lead people to being stuck in this hamster wheel. And really one, like you mentioned, it's not sustainable, but it's also super freaking frustrating because you're constantly searching for new products. You can't uh, reliably predict your inventory levels or your inventory needs or anything like that because you're constantly looking for new products and just assuming that some of your other ones are going to die. So you're either short, uh, shortcutting yourself by saying, oh, well, you know, there's some competition coming in. Sales are probably going to re- reduce. And then it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because you run out of inventory and then competition really comes in, right? Because they still have inventory and then they're getting all of your sales on top of it. So what we're going to be talking about today really is the model that you and I have been using and the model that we think everybody should be using moving forward, the formula, if you will, to getting off of that hamster wheel and getting onto a flywheel of sustainable growth and expansion in your e-commerce business. Yeah. And what I want to do is I want to take people through the outline that you and I basically did recently to really you know, make sure that we cover everything. And it's kind of interesting to kind of go through that stuff. Even you and I just personally were like, okay, what are the steps that if we're like starting again or for coaching someone else in their business, like where, where are the different points or where are the different places that we need to focus? And we're actually building this out into, like I said, a full, uh, a full fledged course um, where it is going to be our flagship. It's going to be the one that you are going to want to create your, you know, your business around and the foundation. And then from there building off of that, and it sets yourself up for short-term wins and long-term wins. And I want to talk about that before we jump into, you know, really what we outlined here. And because I think if, you, if we set the stage properly to where you understand, I say you, the listener, if you understand what you're truly building here, all right, then you can start to wrap your head around short-term wins and long-term wins. Like there's short, there's, there's short wins and long wins that we want to be able to focus on. And just to kind of make it really super easy, like launching on Amazon is a short win. Okay. And it's also a long-term because if you have something that does well on there and builds its own, you know, traffic over time and organically, it's great. But what I mean by a short win is we can get up and running fairly quickly, like within 90 to 120 days, we can have a product up and running and we can have revenue coming back in the door. That's pretty awesome right? So I look at that, Chris, as like phase one, like, but we have some things to do before we get to that point, which we're going to talk about. But that's what I want you to think about. Like, that's like short term, you're not building an Amazon business, you're building a business, an e commerce business, or even as we go through this, you can be building a e commerce slash digital products business as well along the way. Um, because there's other revenue streams, which we just recently started taking advantage of bringing in another 14 to $1,500 per month. And that's going to grow from ad revenue, not even a product being sold on Amazon, which is pretty sweet. Um, so there's a lot of things that we can do there, but the short win is, you know, once you get through the, the beginning process of picking your market and the product and all that stuff from there, it's about launching and then getting those sales coming back through the door 
Then we move on to phase two, and that is the long-term play. And that's about an 18, well, 12 to 18 months is about what we like to, to kind of invest in that process. And that's exactly what we've done here. And from there, you're going to start seeing the other things that come from um, that part of the business. And that's traffic from your email list, from, you know, outside traffic, like, uh, you know, or, uh, Google, YouTube, uh, maybe Yahoo, like all of these different places that once you go through this, this 12 to 18 month process as you're doing the other thing, which is, again, that's why it's phase one, phase two, you're building these assets that start to build momentum, but we can get the short win, the, the, the victory that we can give a quick high five at 90 days that we've actually brought in revenue back into the business. Um, a lot of times people are, are trying to do the 18 to 24 month, like build out a blog and get traffic and then they wait for their income that way. We can actually speed up that process and build out a product line in, um, in the meantime. So that's like my long-winded like frame here. Like I want you guys to understand like that's what we're doing here. All right. We're not just building an, an Amazon business or just even just a physical products business that's selling on Amazon. We are building a full-fledged e-commerce business with other assets. So Chris, what do you want to add to that before we dive in? That I think is the key to this. And this is something you and I have been yelling and ranting and screaming and kicking and punching about for about a year and a half now, mm -hmm. uh, which is this is not oh, an wow. Amazon business. Right. This is an e-commerce business. We need to be doing the real business stuff. The time where we could just list literally anything on Amazon and make $100,000 a month is long past. It's still significantly easier to launch on Amazon and to use that as our launch platform than it is to do just about anything else in terms of sustainable and predictable revenue for a new business opportunity. Yeah. And in terms of the speed at which we can do that. But we have to keep in mind that we need to be doing these other things in the background if we don't just want a one-hit wonder where we make some money for a month and then we're kind of done, right? If we want to build a real long-term sustainable asset, which is what we should be doing, whether yeah. this is our passion business or whether this is something we want to run for two to three years and then sell off, which is potentially what we're going to be doing with mm -hmm. one of our brands, right? Mm -hmm. We have to make that decision. But regardless which one of those two options we want to pursue, we need right. to be setting up these foundations from the beginning so that we have everything in place that we need to make it a long-term sustainable venture for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, with that all being said, let's jump right in. Because most people, when they start in this whole Amazon FBA, because that's usually how people are brought in. They, they either see an ad from someone standing by a Lamborghini or, you know, uh, you know, one of the fancy cars or fancy houses. And they're like, hey, do you want to know how I did this? I basically launched products on Amazon and I'm rich. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. But that's usually what gets people's attention. Um, and, and then it goes into, well, all you got to do is just find a product that's selling. And all you got to do is take that product and then, and then sell it. And yes, three years ago, two, even two and a half years ago, you could do that. And today you could probably still get a product up and running. Here's the big problem. And this is where a lot of people can get hurt. And that is you launch a, you see the numbers on the product. All you're doing is looking at products now, product, product, product. It's all you're looking at. And you're like, okay, the numbers look great. Not a lot of competition, low reviews. Boom, I'm going to launch. Well, then what happens is, is five other people come in by the time your next uh, order is coming in and you, you've said, well, these sold out. I bought 500 and I sold those out pretty quick. I'm going to order another thousand or 3000. By the time those get back in inventory, you got five other competitors, 10 other competitors. Now what separates you from those people? Nothing, right? So that's the problem when all we're doing is looking at a product. Okay. So that's like a big, big uh, concern for me, for anyone out there, that's all they're doing. So what we want to do 
is we want to, before we get into product discovery, okay, we want to start figuring out the market. All right. What market are we going to go after? Now, there's a bunch of different ways that you can do this, and we're not going to go into a whole bunch here, but just understand you want to go after a market. So this way here, you can start looking at products that serve the market and everything else that we're going to be talking about and sharing in this training. And just even today is really built around that. It becomes so much more fill in the blank once you know your market. And then from there, you just start filling in the blanks. Chris, what do you want to say on that? So that's the one thing that I think most people miss in their, in their misses on Amazon, right? I mean, you might hit a single finding a, a single product. You might even hit a home run, but hitting one home run never got anybody into the Hall of Fame, right? True. We need to be consistent in what we're doing and what we're launching. And even if competition were to come in on that one product, if you've picked a market, there's other products that are immediately available that you can capitalize on all the work you've already done and launch versus launching a garlic press now, launching a coffee mug later, and launching a ring light uh, six months right. from now. Right. So picking that market up front, finding a market where there are multiple products is the key to setting yourself up for success. Not only does it let us find products more easily, not only does it let us launch products more easily, but it lets us do all of the other stuff that we're going to be talking about very, very quickly. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into that. So part of the market validation for me, number one, and I don't think it has to be your just, oh my gosh, I'm so passionate about this. It helps a lot but you don't have to be. To me, it just has to be an interest of some kind. And even if you didn't want to say, well, I just want to find a market that's buying and that's buying products, you can do that. I'm just telling you and I'm warning you, you can get burnout unless you have someone that can actually do that other part of the business build. Which, and what I mean by that is you, right now you might be excited about this because you see the potential in this market, you see the potential in the products and everything else we're about to share with you, but you start to kind of die out. Because the, the 12 to 18 month part of this and, and beyond that, it takes steady work to grow steadily. Like you have to show up. So part of the market validation, um, in, you know, once you do say, okay, there's a good market here that I'd like to go into. And the other thing I think I'd like to add is just niching down, I think is so important, um, you know, which is like, you know, bass fishing or sports and outdoors, you can go hunting, you can go fishing. Let's go fishing. Okay. We went fishing. Now what? We can go fly fishing. We can go bass fishing. Okay, cool. Maybe you stop there or you go, okay, I'll go kayak bass fishing. Right. So you can play with that and go deeper in in that niche, but just understand you don't want to go so broad. Um, But um, when you're doing the market validation, an easy way to do this, and there's a couple of things I want to talk about, but the one is like, if you go and you notice that there are social Uh, media groups out there or influencers already kind of like talking about this market, right? Like kayak bass fishing, for example, if you go and search for that, you're going to see there's people out there talking about these tournaments, which I didn't even know existed, that they have these tournaments that they're doing and they're passionate about this. So we know that there's groups of people out there. So that's one validation piece. This next piece is the content research. And the only reason why I'm doing this at this stage is because I want to validate that when the time comes, which it will in my formula and Chris's formula, is we want to be able to put content out there so we can start to get search traffic from Google, from YouTube, from any other source. So what we want to do is we're just validating that people are consuming content. People are searching for content. How to catch more bass in a pond 
right? How to catch more bass in my kayak, whatever, right? Like we want to know that stuff. So we're going to go to YouTube. We're going to go to Google. We're going to go to BuzzSumo. We're going to go to Keywords Everywhere, which is a a free tool that you can um, add. Any other places that you can go to see if people are consuming content that will validate that the market, number one, is buying products, but also is consuming content. Chris, what do you want to say on that before we move on to the next part? I would say this is the other thing, Scott. You know, I mentioned a minute ago that picking a market is a big key to being successful in the long term. But yeah. having a market that consumes content is another thing that you want people to make sure that they're doing, right? Because when they're consuming content, it lets us do a lot of really interesting things from a marketing standpoint. And marketing isn't generally something that people consider when they're talking about starting their e-commerce business. But knowing that we have an asset that we can potentially tap into in 25 different ways to bring in people who aren't actively searching for the product. And this is the thing that um, a lot of people miss, right? When we launch on Amazon, we're addressing a small percentage. Let's call it 3% of the market right? Those are the people who are in our market right now that are cooks that are searching for a garlic press. We're missing the 97% of the market who aren't ready to buy a garlic press yet or don't understand why they should have a garlic press in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. Knowing that they consume content means we can easily reach that other 97% of those people through whatever medium they're consuming that content in. So making sure that we have that in place up front is extremely valuable for us. The other thing that this does, and I'm sure this is on your, your list to talk about a little bit later, but I'll, I'll dive into it a little bit now, is it lets us start to build a list of other people who have reach within that audience, right? You may hear the, hear the term influencers thrown around. Knowing that there's an audience that consumes content means that there's people that that audience follows. We can then go find those people, which makes the product launch process or you know, when we get down there, the content promotion process a lot easier because we can go directly to the people who already have authority in that market. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, those are great, great points. And again, you're almost doing this, this pre-work to validate before you even start looking at products, right? Like you can, if you want, you can go to Amazon and just see if there's products being sold, but don't look at numbers. Like just, if you want to validate that there's actually products being sold, like if you wanted to go kayak bass fishing and you want to see if there's people buying accessories for that, then yeah, you can do that. That's fine. Um, but at this stage, we're not really doing that. We're just validating that the market is going to be one that we can serve. Like, that's basically all we're doing at this stage. You're not even have to worry about the content creation or none of that stuff. We're just validating that there is that there. Here's an example that I, I like to use. Like, let's say, for example, you just did the, the old fashioned way, the old way. And you went, and you just looked at numbers. You punched in all the numbers you wanted and, you know, Jungle Scout kicked back in the web app, some products that match that criteria. And you looked at it, you go, oh, cool. Water filters for refrigerators. And you're like, cool. That's awesome. There's not a lot of competition. I'm going to sell these things. Well, then all of a sudden what happens is you, you launch them, they start to sell. There's nothing really proprietary about it. You got 10 other people that see the numbers just like you did. And they come in and they start to kind of rip you off, right? It happens all the time. So now you'd be saying to yourself, okay, Scott, well then I'll just go ahead and start building some content around this. Like you're saying, I'll start getting organic traffic. Now there's only so much content you're going to create about a whirlpool replacement, uh, you know, water filter. Yeah, you could talk about purifications and all that stuff, but you're not going to really be able to go that deep for that long. So that's what we're talking about. Like if that was the case, you'd probably be like, eh, it doesn't look like a really good market that I want to serve. Okay. Unless you just want to be like a whole bunch of different manufacturers um, that you're going to serve to make replacement filters for. You could, it's just going to be very, very hard to do the content creation part of it. You can do reviews of different ones and all that stuff. Not saying it wouldn't work. It's going to be harder. Um, so that's why I would skip that one because of that, uh, of that find. Um, all right. 
Chris, let's move on to the next part. So now we validated, you know, we've got that, uh, you know, that kind of all done. Now we can start doing the product discovery. Um, what do we want to do there, Chris, to start our product discovery process? What, what, what do we want to do there? Well, the, the place that I would start once we have that market in mind is the place where people are buying stuff, right? And there's, there's a couple of those. I would take a look at uh, Amazon, obviously, but there's some other obviously. things I think, Scott, that people tend to overlook. Some other marketplaces. One would be eBay. Another one would be Etsy. And then since we have a market where we know people are consuming content, um, something that may be interesting to take a look at would be a website called ClickBank or even something like JVZoo, where uh, it's mostly informational type of products. It will give us a better idea of exactly what type of content people are interested in in the market. And it may inform uh, some good ideas on what some physical products might be in that market. But eBay and Amazon, I think, are going to be the top two for most of us. Of That's because we can start to see what's actually being sold. And that will give us the validation that we need to really move forward through the product selection process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I don't want to spend too much time here, but you know, you're going to use the same kind of framework that we've used in the past, right? 10 by 10 by one is what we use as our benchmark. And if you guys don't know what that is, it's like we want $10 profit, okay, on on our product. That's that's the 10. We want to be able to sell 10 of those a day. One is the one product, right? So 10 by 10 by one, that would equal $100 profit per day. That's what we're looking for. So we're going to still take that stuff into consideration once we get to product discovery. And by doing that, we're going to start creating like just a whole bunch of product ideas. Not that we need to launch any of those right now, but I would not want to limit myself. So we'd start making, you know, this outline in a sense of like all of the potential products, even if you're not going to do them now, what are you going to do later? And you can do even digital products and stuff. And the digital product side of things is something that gets overlooked a lot because you think you have to be the creator. You don't. There's ways that you can do joint ventures with other people that are influencers in your space, a whole bunch of stuff. Again, don't have a ton of time to spend on that. That's what we are going to be diving to deep in inside of the, the training. But uh, just to kind of give you guys the ideas of like when you're doing this product research, think about long term, what are all of the products that potentially your, your, uh, you know, your customer, your potential customer would want to buy or could buy, even if you think it's too big, kayak, too big, don't want to sell them. I don't want to do drop shipping, but you know what I could do? I could do reviews of the five top kayak uh, that bass fishermen are using. And then from there, I could do a whole thing on my blog about that stuff. And then I could be an affiliate for those through Amazon. Might only make four to eight percent, but hey, it's better than nothing. And on a three hundred or a five hundred dollar or even a thousand dollar kayak, you know, it's a little bit extra money to bring into the business. So anyway, that's the product discovery side. We want to validate those numbers, just like I said. We want to do that on Amazon. We want to do it on eBay. There's ways you can do it on eBay too to see how many have sold in the past. You can look at all of that stuff, just like you do on Amazon. It's a little bit harder to find those numbers, but you can. Um, again, the other thing is, is we want to look at the history. On these, we want to we want to evaluate the competition, um, see how they're selling it, what they're doing good, what they're not doing good. Everything that we've ever talked about about product, uh, you know, finding good products, pretty much follows the same framework. Yes, we want to do a little bit more digging though on some of these first three to five products because we want those to be more or less our core in the beginning, um, and we want to build stuff around those, um, which I think is is always a good idea. So, Chris, anything you want to want to um, mention on that before we wrap that section up? No, I would say this is this is where we start to get down into knocking things out, right? Where we're like, okay, this market is amazing, but maybe there's not, you know, there's not many products that we can sell on it, right? That's okay. Yep. There's other markets, right? Yep. Don't don't worry too much about it. And this is where people start to get frustrated because they go, oh, well, I found this one thing and it doesn't work. And that's the thing that I want to sell. But 
maybe you can come back six months from now if you launch two or three other products in that category and be competitive enough to launch the thing that you really are interested in. So make sure that you're taking the numbers into consideration and that you pay attention to the numbers. The other place that people really need to pay attention to the numbers is in the next step, which is the sourcing step. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's just, let's just jump into that really quickly. And I'm not going to spend too, too much time here. Um, but sourcing, you know, a lot of people say, Scott, where do you find, you know, products? Where do you, uh, you know, where do you find agents? You know, we basically have done this every single time that we've ever went out and found new products. Okay. We, we start on Alibaba. We don't go there necessarily trying to find the product. We try to find something that's a, I guess a manufacturer or a supplier that's making similar stuff. Once we get that connection, we build a relationship with that, that agent. And then from there, they will introduce us products or they'll introduce us to other suppliers and things like that. So I, a lot of times people think that you have to have this list of agents. That's not the case. You're going to, you're going to find your agent by, you know, making some calls in a sense, or reaching out to different, sending some emails, sending some emails, getting some samples, seeing how the interaction goes. This could take, you know, very little time and it could take a lot of time. Um, but it's definitely, definitely worth it. And as far as like looking for the different suppliers, where to find them, Alibaba, Global Sources, ThomasNet, Sourceify is another great one. I think you have to be at a certain number though, um, as far as how much you're going to be purchasing. But Sourceify is, is pretty good because they have their own network of um, manufacturers and suppliers. And um, But you, I would definitely reach out to those guys too. But like I said, I'm not going to spend too, too much time there. The other thing is when you're doing the sourcing, you want to pay attention to like patents and trademark. So that's all in this section. That's when we're going to be doing you know a lot of this work. Now, the thing is, is once you're doing this, you're kind of doing work that you're not going to have to really do a lot much in the future of. You're kind of figuring out who you're going to be doing business through, or at least a couple of different uh, businesses or agents. Um, and then from there, you're going to, you're going to continue to build that relationship and continue to build out your product line. Um, so with that being said, Chris, anything else on sourcing you want to touch on before we move into the next part? No, I think, uh, I think you pretty much nailed it. Scott, I know a bunch of people are always like, well, I don't want to use Alibaba. Well, there's other sites that are out there. There's, there's really no reason not to use Alibaba. Um, but it'd be Alibaba, Global Sources, ThomasNet. You mentioned Sourceify. Uh, they do have a limit. It's 10,000, I think, to work directly with Sourceify. But they also have a tool um, that helps you confirm factories if you're below that. So it's worth checking go. out. And then the other option, if you happen to speak Mandarin or know somebody who does speak Mandarin, is 1688, which is 1688.com, just the numbers, 1688.com. That is just the Mandarin version of Alibaba. But a lot of people seem to have uh, a little bit better pricing. Uh, success by going that route, which is interesting okay. to me. But if you speak Mandarin, check it out. Why not? Uh, it's worth taking a look at the very least. Sourcing, I think the other thing in sourcing, Scott, that I wanted to touch on is make sure you know your duties uh, and your taxes. You can work mm-hmm. with your supplier to, to get those and make sure you run a patent and a trademark uh, search. If you have any suspicion that it might be patented or trademarked before you place an order and before you start to deal with all of that, right? Those are the yeah. kind of three things that we see people get tripped up on are not knowing their full costs. So how much is it actually going to cost, including shipping, right? Not just the cost of the unit, but including shipping, right. which would include taxes and duties. And then the other place where we see a lot of people get caught up is patents and trademarks. Mm. It's not as big of a deal for 99% of products as people make it out to be. But if you're in something, it's worth taking a look as kind of that last and final check to run at least a cursory patent search. If you're not sure, always run it through a patent attorney. And that would be uh, my last kind of quick suggestion there. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So now, again, moving through this process, and again, we're, we're kind of talking it through as if we're building a business from scratch. We're going through this entire process. Again, this is everything that we're going to be teaching and we're going to go a lot deeper, obviously, looking over our shoulder and stuff, going through, you know, e-com business formula is, is really the next part of this is the launch, right? We have to kind of go through this launch process after we have our product. We've, you know, done all of that research. We've done all of the, the groundwork in a sense. But there's some things that we're going to be doing here a little bit differently than we've done in just the private label classroom in the past. And that is, you know, the one thing again, I've talked about this because I'm, I, you know, my background's in construction. It's like, we have to build the foundation. We have to build a footing. Then we have to put the foundation on top of the footing. Then we have to start to, you know, kind of build the house, right? We have to start building everything and then start adding all of the other components to it. So it's really important if we're going to do this properly is we need something that I've called my home base, right? It's you need to build your home base and your home base is a basic skeleton of a website, really. There's doesn't have to be a lot there, but you do need the home base, in my opinion. And this is, again, the order that I would do this because after the sourcing is kind of done, you're kind of waiting um, for the product to be made and to be shipped and all that stuff. Building the home base is, it could be a WordPress uh, blog, which I'm a fan of. You know, it could just, if you wanted to go a free route, you could, I would get my own hosting for four or five bucks. I'd put a WordPress blog on it, a basic theme. And from there, I'd create an about us uh, page, a brand story page, um, or I'm sorry, the about this about us would be brand story. But I would, again, have a contact us and then probably three to five pieces of content. Um, and again, what, that's why when we're validating the market and the discovery phase, we're actually figuring out what types of content we could publish. Now, a lot of people were going to, you know, are going to get overwhelmed by this. We're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this stuff. You can hire people to do this. Not that expensive. I've found different services out there for as little as 15 to $25 to write pieces of articles or pieces of content for the blog. So I would not let that stop you. And again, this is something we're going to want to start to do once we launch. And that's the 12 to 18 month part of this, right? We're going to be building out this content, but that's why we need that home base because that's where everything is going to be kind of leading back to eventually. And it's something that we have that's our own. We're not, you know, we're not depending on one channel. If Amazon, you know, takes our, our listing and, and kills it, we can actually start selling our product on our own home base if we have that set up in advance. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, people look on Amazon for products, but then they jump off Amazon, go, they do, they do a little bit of background check. They do some research. You want to have a decent presence. You want to show them that you're a real business and the home base is where you can do that. That's where you can sell your business, you know, just through content or through your story. Um, you know, all of that stuff will help to make that sale in the future as well on Amazon. I know we've done that. My wife and I have done that. We've went from Amazon, then we'll jump over and we'll, we'll check it out and then we'll come back. Um, so it doesn't mean you're, you're only going to sell on your own website. It means that you could, but it's also going to help confirm who you are and, and kind of, uh, you know, build that know, like, and trust element. And we can do some other cool things like building an email list and all that fun stuff. But I'm not going to get too, too deep into that stuff. Just understand we want to build, we want to build that. So as that's part of what we're calling our pre-launch, Chris, what else do we want to do during this pre-launch phase before we actually hit go? So we want to have that home base. And Scott, that's something that for whatever reason, it seems to scare a lot of people because it involves two words, building and website. Uh, and people go, oh my God, that's so much work. Realistically, guys, it's not that much. We're talking about like three to five pieces of content um, and then like an about us page, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's not a ton of work. It's not going to be, you know, 
theamazingseller.com where there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of posts. You don't need to have that up front, right? We didn't. <laughs> we, we certainly didn't. We launched the new brand with like three posts, I think. Uh, and that was just because we had three weeks between the time that we started the website and the time that we actually launched the product. Um, so we wrote one piece a week. But having that three to five pieces of content, Scott, really makes it clear that you are a, a legitimate business. Um, and so that does actually, for some reason, increase your conversion rate within the Amazon ecosystem because people are jumping to Google, making sure that you're legitimate. It's not a ton of people, but even if it's 10, 20% of people, that's going to help us up front. The other thing that that does is it gets us firmly rooted in our market for search engine optimization and some of those kinds of things that we're going to play into a little bit more down the road. But once we have that home base set up, then we're going to really start to build our list. And Scott, you and I really still like email lists. You can build a messenger list. You can do that however you want to do that. But we think that you need to have a way to communicate directly with your customers that you own and you control. And this is something that is extremely valuable and extremely underappreciated by businesses that have. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They're extremely underutilized and they're extremely overcomplicated in terms of the way that people think about them, just like building that home base. We like to use the contest method, uh, which we've talked about. And I think you can find that over at theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. There's an entire workshop on exactly how we build our launch lists. Uh, and we've used that method to build a list of somewhere over 27,000, I think of as of recording this, I can pull up the actual number here in a little bit. But you can also use some other things. If you don't want to do the, the giveaway strategy that we've taught, you can create an ebook or um, you can even just install like a sign up for notifications thing on that homepage to start to build that list. But however you do that, this is going to be something that's an extremely important asset, not just for when you launch your first product, but throughout the life of your business. Because when we have that list, Scott, we're not only able to launch that product on Amazon from day one, because we have a list of raving fans of ours who are ready to buy our product, right? Just like Apple does every time they launch an iPhone. There's a big line of people standing out, camped out in front of the store for a few days in advance. Our list is kind of like that. But they're also usable for any time we publish new content for the blog. We can push them over there or we can drive content, uh, traffic to another blog or to anywhere that we need to. If Amazon were to disappear tomorrow, we could still use that list to drive traffic to do something that we wanted them to do. And getting that started even before you launch, I think is extremely important because of how much it pushes that flywheel forward from day one when you launch that first product. Yeah, and here's the other thing I wanna say though. You know, we talk about it like you're building a launch list. That's like one purpose that you're using that list for. And, you know, we've, we've seen some people get really good results and some people are just like, eh, it worked okay. Part of it is though, how did you nurture the list before you launched? And there's a whole process behind that, which we don't have a ton of time to go into that, but you definitely want to continually uh, nurture that audience and, and really build that audience and the know, like, and trust elements and all of those things. Um, but understand there's so many more things that you're going to get other than just, you know, directly selling to those people and having them boost your sales on Amazon. That's one thing, one small thing, actually, because, you know, after you have this list and it's kind of paid for in a sense, because you've built it, you've paid money for it, but then you've made some money from it. And then all of a sudden, once it's paid, it's kind of paid. You have this asset now. Well, we're able to now drive you know, thousands of clicks and people over to our blog content, which can help to share that content, get it out to more people so it can be more discovered. Also, it helps in, you know, search engine optimization, all of that stuff. It builds the email list because we have capture forms on those pages. But the other cool thing is, is now once we get a certain number of traffic, 
um, you're able to start monetizing that traffic with whether it's AdSense, whether it's Mediavine, whether it's AdThrive, um, any of those you can apply to your blog uh, or website and you can start to monetize that traffic, which we've recently started doing. And like I said, we, uh, I think the first month we were actually, it wasn't even a full month. It was like 1,347, almost 1,400 bucks. Um, and you know, we're on track to hit over $1,500 a month. That's not dependent on Amazon at all, but that's because this has been happening over and over and over again. And the list helps, um, to boost those posts a little bit in a sense. Um, so I just want you guys to understand that it's not just about building the launch list. It's that's initial, you know, launch or, uh, the build of it, but it's really the other purposes that we're able to, to use it for. And the, the, the things that are going to also take your business to the next level, you know, in that 12 to 18 months or, you know, even longer, because this is an asset. It's an asset that you have and you control. So with that being said, let me move on to, and I'm going to kind of go through this stuff kind of quick because, you know, you guys kind of already know this. We've talked about this, but I'll just touch on it. But while we're doing that, right, and that doesn't have to take a ton of time, right? We're just building a basic website. So we, at least we have it. It's it, the, the foundation is set, right? And we have a couple of, you know, a couple of pieces of furniture in there, right? We're, we're good. We haven't built the entire thing yet, or we haven't, you know, made everything, you know, the way we want it. Um, but now what we need to do is we need to start getting our Amazon stuff ready. Okay. Cause that's where we're going to launch, right? So we want to make sure that we have a well-optimized listing, right? So we want, again, just to kind of give you guys a rundown, we want good pictures. We want good titles. We want good bullets. We want our search, um, our keywords in the back end to be, you know, where they need to be. Right. So those are, you know, the description, we want all that stuff to be as optimized as we can make it right now with the knowledge that we currently have. It's really, really important that you understand that, all right? And then as far as from there, once we have that stuff done, well, now we got to launch. So Chris, let's talk about that. Like, so what are some strategies to launch? And I know some people will say, well, I don't have a list or, um, you know, I want to use uh, influencers or I want to use paper. Like, so where do we want to go with that um, as far as the launch? I know there's a, a few different ways that we suggest. Where do you want to start? So to me, there's three key ways that you can launch. Ideally, you're utilizing all three of these, um, mm -hmm. but you can literally launch with one or two of them if, you, if that's what you want to do. Um, you know, people ask all the time, well, I didn't build an email list. Can I launch just with PPC? Yes, you can do that. So the three ways to launch for me, and you should be capitalizing on all of these, would be one, just turn on PPC. PPC, yes. Pay-per-click, PPC. That's kind of like pay-per-click. Uh, yeah. Pay-PC, <laughs> totally different. <laughs> completely different thing. It's a brand new advertising. No, it's it's pay-per-click or PPC. Right. Um, yep. Once you get that up and running, as soon as your listing is live and you have inventory in Amazon, you should be turning that sucker on. And yep. we have a whole bunch of stuff that we've talked about in the past on how you should do that. Realistically, I'd be setting up an auto campaign, 20 to 25 bucks a day and doing what you've talked about a little bit, Scott, finding some uh, sniping, some exact match keywords, if you will, yeah. of things that have kind of a low but very specific search volume. So a couple hundred searches a month that are very, very specific to our product, like long-handled stainless steel garlic press and dropping those into an exact match campaign just to see uh, if we can pick up some additional sales there. Mm -hmm. Method number two then would be to use your email list or your customer list or your list wherever you decided to create that. And we like to use what we call the three email profit push to do that. So we send three emails over the course of three days. You could be Facebook messages, however you want to do it. You could do it. Um, we've talked about that in the past. That is how we've launched all of our products and it still works very, very well for us. 
Um, you could do it in one day if you wanted to, but typically we like to spread those sales out over a few days. So we send three emails over three days. The third method that you can use to launch exclusively or you can combine with the other two would be to utilize those influencers. You remember a couple minutes ago, we were talking about, Scott, finding those lists of people who have authority in your market, right? Because we did that in step one, we should already have a list of those people so that when we're ready to launch, we can reach out to those people. We can actually be building a relationship with them throughout this entire process. And when we're ready to launch, we we'll say, hey, you know, we wanted to offer a special discount just to your audience or, hey, would you mind promoting our product? And they're either going to go back and say yes, no, or give me 200 bucks. And you can then make the decision on whether or not you want to allow them to do that or you want to give them 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. However you want to play that, you can do that. But having a large list of people who have authority in your market can be extremely beneficial because they have lists of people that you don't. Even if you've built your own list, they're going to reach other segments of the audience because they're talking about something slightly different, right? They're talking about right. only paleo cooking or only right. vegan cooking. And you're just talking about cooking in general with your audience or whatever that is, right? They're going to appeal to different subsections of that audience. And they're going to be able to get your product out in front of people a lot faster than you would be able to just by doing it yourself. Yeah. And I mean, another strategy on that would be, you know, to reach out to 20 of the influencers and just get their information and just send them one randomly and just, Hey, thank you so much for your content. I really enjoy it. Um, I've created this, you know, stainless steel garlic press. Uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a chef myself and I found some sticking points that I really wanted to take care of. So I created my own product. Hope you like it. Let me know what you think. Like, that's it. Like, don't even tell them to post, you know, post anything. It's another strategy. What's it going to cost you to send 20 of those items to top influencers? Not much. Um, Uh, Well, well, $5.99 fulfillment fee plus your cost of product, right? There you go. Yeah. We could even use prime for that. So yeah. So, okay, let's, let's move on. So, I mean, that's the launch. And now once we have this stuff dialed in and once we have those influencers, we found five that are actually, you know, we're starting to build that relationship with, we have those now they're assets to us. Right. And hopefully we can kind of cross promote each other's stuff eventually. Um, so once this stuff is done, it's done in a sense, we can always build on it, but we've, we've done a lot of the heavy lifting now. So when we do a new product, because we're going to probably have three to five different products in queue, we can basically just follow this formula, right? We've done a lot of the work. Um, so a lot of it's the upfront work of kind of getting things set. And then from there, we just kind of, you know, input into these different areas like the blog, right? Like with content and stuff, which actually brings me to the, um, the last thing that I want to talk about. And that is when we get to this point now, we want growth, diversification, and stability. And the way that we can do that is to kind of follow this 12 to 18 month plan. And then, you know, even further, but is really like building out a content schedule for your business and for your brand. And I think it's really important that you just consistently put out content. And if you tell me you can't find content, then you've just chosen the wrong market. There's probably hundreds, if not thousands of different things that you could talk about because you can do different spins. You can do roundup posts. You can do a whole bunch of really cool things. And we're going to be talking a lot about this inside of Ecom Business Formula because it's a huge part of it. Um, so, you know, with that being said, we want to get on a schedule. I just did an interview not that long ago, um, you know, with a guy um, who his name is Jesse. He actually started without even having any products to sell. He's like, you know, I'm going to do this thing kind of the other way right now. I'm going to build up an audience and I'm going to see what happens. And he went and just said, I'm going to commit to, to 52 videos for the year, 52 weeks, right? A video a week. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to see what happens. And hopefully I've got 500 subscribers. That would be a win. 
Well, after 13 months, he's got over 14,900 subscribers, almost 15,000. All right. He's making about a, a little over a thousand dollars a month, not from a product. All right. So he's kind of built that and he's got a whole bunch of other things he can do now. And his audience is really engaging and all of that stuff. So every time he posts a video, he gets, you know, 2000, 5,000 views, depending on the topic. That's pretty awesome. So he's an influencer now in a, in a sense of his own market. And he's not the expert. He's just like, Hey, I'm going to be doing this thing. If you want to follow along, you can learn with me. And that's what he's done. We're talking about kind of doing both of these side by side. That's the that's the commitment that I think if you're in business, you should be able to do. And if you plan this out, and that's why having that long-term content schedule, I think is really, really important. But again, we've done some of that work up front. We, we know that there's content that can be consumed because we already did that in the, in the research uh, of picking the market before we even got to this point. So Chris, what else do you want to talk about the growth, diverse, diversification, and stability? This is, and we mentioned this in the like building your home base portion. This is the part that freaks people out mm-hmm. because it sounds like it's a ton of work. I just want to launch another product, right? That, yeah. That's all I want to do. But here's the thing. You're shortcutting and kneecapping yourself by not doing this, this part of the business, right? This is the part of the business that is going to add massive value. This is the stage, Scott. Not only are we creating that additional content to bring in more organic traffic to our home base, not only are we expanding our reach within our audience by sharing that content on social media, by putting it on YouTube, by putting it in all these different mediums, but we're also in this stage expanding just beyond the Amazon platform, right? Yeah. We have that home base. So now we can add our own e-commerce channel and that opens up a whole bunch of things for us like Google PLAs and being able to drive Facebook ads to something that we can actually track accurately, which Amazon has made some, some really big strides in that recently, but it's still like a complete guessing game for 90% Mm -hmm. of sellers. Um, And it allows us to bring stability to that business. And we mentioned at the beginning of this, the reason that we like this process, this formula is because each of these things adds stability and it adds potentially to our multiple if we ever want to sell this business, right? Mm -hmm. Having each of these individual assets that we're building and growing along with the three to five to 10 SKUs that we're going to launch in this market makes the business itself more stable and substantially more valuable. Yeah. And here's the other thing. It doesn't cost a lot of money to do this part. It takes patience and commitment. That's what it takes. It takes committing. Like I talked to Jesse and I'm like, you know, how much did you really need to invest when you started your YouTube stuff? He's like, I had my phone, you know, and I think I bought a light. Um, so you're talking under a couple hundred bucks. I mean, the phone he already had, so you can't even count that because everybody has a phone pretty right. much. Um, and 99 and bucks for the ring light. Yeah. And, I, and he's, he's upgraded since he started bringing in some cash, but the first few videos, no, you know, until he started seeing that. So the only thing you're, you're really doing here is you're putting in the time and you're committing to that. And no matter how many subscribers you have or how many people are on your list or how many people are coming to your blog, you just have to con- you, uh, constantly show up and continually build that, you know, that, that set of con- or that, that pieces or those pieces of content. So this way here, you're building out those assets because every piece of content you put out there is another asset in a sense because it could bring people into the brand. Um, so, and some are going to go do really well and some aren't going to do so good and that's okay. Um, but if you commit to that, even if it's just one per week, you know, that's why I said, you know, 12 to 18 months, you know, if you did that, you're, you're going to start seeing some momentum at that point. You're, you're, you're definitely going to be able to do that. And if you've done some outreach with influencers and then you're like, Hey, I wrote this roundup post and you're in it, they're going to help share you. So there's ways to actually get other bloggers and other people in your space to promote you so you can get more traffic 
from their, uh, you know, their share or even just a link that comes over. So there's a whole bunch of SEO stuff that can go into it. But to me, this is something that is missing. All right. When people are talking about selling on Amazon and FBA and all this stuff, this is a big, big piece because it is a longer term play. And if you do both of these, you have the best of both worlds, right? You have external traffic, you have a revenue stream coming in, maybe multiple streams coming in from ads, um, from maybe you're doing a shout out, whatever. And then you have physical products that are selling on Amazon, maybe on eBay, maybe on Etsy, maybe on your own, on your own website. So all of these things make it better for you, but also for a potential investor. So, all right, guys, I think we covered a lot there. And I feel like we could have dove into so many new areas um, as we went through that outline, Chris, that I know that when we um, finish this training, it is going to be awesome because there's a lot of different areas that we can go super deep and we need to go deep. So this way here, we can outline and show exactly how we would do it from scratch. So guys, if you are interested in checking that out, depending on when you're listening to this, we do have a beta class, which will be starting probably in the next three weeks-ish, somewhere around there, three to four weeks. If you want to be part of that beta group, all you have to do is head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash training and get all the details there. If you're listening to this after December 20th, 2018, you can still go there. It may be open or it may be a wait list. So go there and get all the details if you're interested in building a future-proof business like we've just kind of outlined here. This is exactly what we're going to be doing and also sharing inside our inner circle and then also teaching here inside of that training. So definitely go check that out. Chris, any last tidbits before we wrap this baby up? I would say go back and listen to this one again um, yeah. and get that get that outline. The thing that I want people to understand is that this process does not have to be big and scary and intimidating. You start where you are, right? So if you already have a handful of products, take a look, make sure they're in the same market, right? Go back through that first stage and then start to do the stuff that you missed the first time through it. It's not like you have to start from scratch. If you're starting from the beginning, then do it right from the beginning. Make sure you set that solid foundation before you start to try to build the house, right? Mm-hmm. We're not just going to plop the house down on the beach and hope that it stays there. We're going to build a nice solid foundation, right? Right. And that's what we do when we pick a market. And the other thing is we got to put the roof on it, right? And putting the roof on it is that growth and and that expansion so that we don't get all wet and have to start over. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point that if you're listening to this or watching this and you are already up and running, you could start by building your home base and then going right through that entire process. And, and from there, it's like you're plugging in that other part of the business that's missing and that you probably need. Um, so I think this is going to fit pretty much anyone that is listening because you're either starting or you're already up and running, but you want to diversify and you want to build out this external traffic and assets and all that stuff. So definitely go back and listen to this one again. And if you're, if you're interested in joining us and helping you, um, head to theamazingseller.com forward slash training for all the details there. So that's going to wrap it up, guys. Let's uh, go ahead and wrap this up officially. Um, the show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 609. You can grab all the show notes there, the transcripts and this outline. And uh, from there, guys, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris is going to say it with me, hopefully, on the count of three. If we can time this thing. One, two, three. Take action. action. That was close. We'll go with that. All right, guys, have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.